This podcast is intended for adult audiences. Over the age of 18, it contains adult language and situations. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to us, and not of any employer, organization, committee, or other group or individuals. This podcast is not intended to be taken as professional advice. Welcome to the Swing Nation Podcast, a podcast by swingers for swingers, where we look to educate others and push back on the negative stigmas and misconceptions associated with our lifestyle. Come with us and share our pineapple journey as we travel the globe, interview the experts, learn and grow together. Join the nation. Lacey, we get approached by couples all the time, and they want to know, like, where can they learn the 101s of non-monogamy? Yeah, I totally get it. You want to get in the lifestyle, but you just don't know where to start. We recommend Sex by Sue's class on non-monogamy. She really helps couples learn how to communicate and do the lifestyle the correct way. Yeah, I think this lifestyle, you know, it's crucial not to, to step on the landmines that a lot of us do, you yeah. know, and you kind of learn the hard way, you know. So having a class that you can take online, you know, in the privacy of your own home and kind of learn the ins and outs, learn, you know, how to approach the lifestyle, how to communicate with your partner about it, um, you know, I think it's something worth taking and uh, we highly recommend it. Yeah, so click below in the show notes. You'll find this link for that course. Check it out, guys. Bye. Bye. Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code TSN at checkout. So Lacey, people are asking, how do they get to go to a party or an event with us? They check out swingersociety.net, you create a profile, you sign up for an event, and you come hang out with us. It's super easy. That's right. If you want to party with us and the other faces and names that you know from social media and TikTok, head on over to swingersociety.net. Can't wait to see you there. Hey there, pineapple people, and welcome to the Swing Nation podcast. We are your hosts, Northern Guy and Southern Girl, and we have a, a very special episode for you. Um, we we brought back Doctor Store, and she is here to talk to you about all things squirting. Which all is things squirt. Well, I, mean, I don't know how what's proper. All things squirting. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the way you'd say that. It's like a hot thing in the lifestyle. It is a very. It is interesting because you know. Uh, so. A few notes first is Dr. Store has agreed to come on our podcast regularly and update us and inform us on all things medical um, kind of related to sexual health and sexual medicine and just any random kind of questions we might need to ask a doctor, yeah. uh, which we very much appreciate that, Dr. Store, you you taking the opportunity and the time out of your busy schedule to do that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But so we had a phone call with you last week and we we're kind of talking about what we we're going to talk about this week. And I was kind of like, well, I have this, this question keeps coming up and this is, everybody keeps talking about <laughs> squirting. Um, is that something that you'd be comfortable talking with? And you're like, yes, I love talking about squirting. I have a YouTube on it. It's a whole thing. Let's get into it. Um, and then by chance in our, the discord server, which 
Dr. Soar has now joined and is a part of, and we, we appreciate you on uh, doing that. Um, kind of a, a, a conversation on squirting kind of started on its own in one of those um, channels and threads there. So I think this is the perfect timing to talk about this, and uh, we are excited to get into it. Yeah, Absolutely. I, honestly, I love this kind of thing. <laughs> it's so much fun talking about squirting. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I get questions about this all the time. And it's like Dan's thing. It's like his party trick now. Yeah. Why is that? I, I don't know. It's like, so we, it, it started, I guess we just talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. And it's almost now with newer couples that we've, I don't know if they listen to the podcast. I don't know how it's become, people now come up to me at clubs and at events and things and said, like, my wife's never squirted. She's interested. Like, would you, like, try to help her do that or something? And this is, it's probably happened four or five times. Well, now you've had it. lines of girls before. <laughs> well, that was one time. That was, uh. That's not, <laughs> that was one time. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Well, I will tell you, we've got a we've got a friend with the nickname Scuba Steve. If that helps oh. you out, you're not the only one who's getting put in that position. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, gentlemen, this is not a you know if it's a if you learn the the buttons to push to do this, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, you can become a kind of a party trick, I think. Oh, for sure. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna get into squirting. So full disclosure, I think we've talked about it many times. Lacey is is in that category. Yeah. She can do that trick. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always been able to do that? No, no. It's something I in my thirties. Um, I was in a vanilla relationship, and but he was really good with his hands. And um, one time it happened, and we didn't talk about it. Like it just happened, and like I felt it, <laughs> and we just like pretended like nothing happened. And then the next day, like I think I went on like you porn or one. Like I needed to see what happened to me. Like I, you know. I guess I loved lived a pretty sheltered life. I'd never really I'd heard the term squirting, but didn't really know what that was. And so I started looking it up and I was like, I think this is what I did. You know, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but of course we didn't talk about it because it was very, very vanilla. Um but then I was able to do it to myself after that. Mm-hmm. Like um it didn't happen all the time, but it would happen occasionally and but then once I entered the lifestyle, it happened a lot more because for me, um, I squirt when I'm being extra naughty and extra like like <laughs> relaxed. So like if I've had a couple of drinks, um, it happens for me. Yeah, that's for sure. And then Doctor Store, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this or not. Are are you are you oh, a member ahead. of that uh, that club yourself or? I I am indeed a member of the squirting <laughs> club. Um, yeah, no, and honestly, it wasn't something I was able to do for a very long time either. Um, I think you know, sexual repression from a really conservative upbringing, whatnot. But same, um, yeah. I, I started squirting about yeah. yeah. I, was like, I think I started squirting about six months ago. Oh wow! And I feel really fortunate that the first person that made me squirt was my husband because mm-hmm. if it had been somebody else, it may not have been so cool with him. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I squirted with my husband first, and then after that, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of like I have to be in the right zone. I have to be sufficiently hydrated, same, and I have mm-hmm. to be a couple of drinks in. Yeah, usually, yeah. yeah. It's like I have to get out of my head. I have to be relaxed, and having a drink or two kind of helps with that. Yeah, I have been known to squirt completely sober, though. <laughs> I have <So>. too, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> but I feel like it happens more often when I am in that state. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So I think that, that gets us a little bit ahead of ourselves. But my, sorry, sorry. my first question no, for, for you, doctor, is, is, is mm-hmm. this real? Is this <laughs> is this a real? Because there's people that just don't believe in this flat out. And this is probably more complicated uh, of a question. And, and 
I guess I'll leave it as real, but I think we're going to get into probably my next question. So let's start there. Is this real? Yeah, I, I, I will. You know what? I think it's kind of like Santa Claus and we are <laughs> at the right season. Yeah. Is Santa Claus as a human actually real? Since there shouldn't be any children listening to this. <laughs> no, but the the spirit of Christmas is still Santa, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yes, yeah, Squirting Israel. It's legit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that that almost confused me more because now I thought Santa was real. No, oh, God. And Aww. it threw me off oh, my Dude, I'm so uh, sorry. Uh, but, but, but you saying that, it almost makes me think that squirting's not real. We just believe in it and it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. Squirting's totally real. Um, it, it is the spirit of sex. And when the spirit comes out, it's, it's like a thing. <laughs> okay. All right. So then the, yeah, the squir- squirting is really legit. There was actually medical studies on it. I know I'm, I'm all in jest, but uh, beyond joking, yes, there, there are medical studies on squirting and it is real. Okay. And then I guess always the follow on question to that. And this is probably the question I would assume you get asked the most is, is this P or is this not P? Yeah. And you would think that's a really easy yes, no question. Um, but it is not a yes, no question. It's actually a lot more complicated than you would think. So the difference between squirting and what we would call coital incontinence, which is peeing while you're having sex, it is both what is inside the liquid that's coming out and partially where it's coming from. So men, when they ejaculate, we know where that's, we know where that shit's coming from. (laughs) The shizzle is coming from a couple different places and we know, like, lots of good data on that. There's only actually a couple studies on squirting, but all of them pretty much agree. The only place in the female genital tract that has enough fluid to store for such an event as squirting really is the bladder. So I guess it depends on what your definition of pee is. But for the medical literature and, you know, those nerds of us that are doctors, pee has a particular set of substances in it. So your pee is not just water. That's why it smells like pee. It's because it's got other stuff in it. And so it's got stuff like urea and creatinine and a couple of other chemicals in it. Those chemicals are in pee. They're also in squirt, but at much, much lower volumes. The other thing that's in squirt that is not in pee is PSA. PSA is prostate-specific antigen. Now, before you blow your mind... I was just going to say, I thought females don't have prostate. We didn't have a prostate? I'm no doctor, Holy but... fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Women do have an analogous organ to the prostate, and that's that's been a great debate over many, many years. And honestly, if you asked other sexual specialists, they may like, like had three heads, but um, there's more than a couple of documented articles that the periurethral glands in females are analogous to the male prostate and can secrete prostate-specific antigen. So in the studies that were done on squirt, it is dilute urine with PSA in it. Okay. So it sounds like it's it's not all pee, but it's all not all not pee. It's some kind of pee hybrid that's mixed with other chemicals that are coming from the body somewhere. Is that... Yes. Is that lay- good layman? I like pee hybrid. Pee hybrid? Is that... <laughs> Well, but then my next, like, how does more, you're saying it's diluted. Yeah. So how is more, where's the more water coming from to get it diluted? Like, Okay. So that's actually a good question. And I'm not sure that I have a really good answer for it. <laughs> um, one study, yeah, no, one study was done <clears throat> with, with self-proclaimed squirters 
that they actually measured the bladder with an ultrasound. So we do bladder scans all the time in the hospital and whatnot to see if you're emptying your bladder completely. We use an ultrasound to do that on your belly. So they measured the bladders before and after voiding and empty bladder. And then the women would self-stimulate. And I'm not sure how someone could manage to do this, but they would stimulate while ultrasound was being done. It's going to be a little distracting. Maybe they get off on being watched. I, yeah, I mean, Lacey could totally on being do it. Watched and <laughs> with a medical device on their stomach. Um, but yeah, they actually watched the bladder rapidly fill. And then that's what came out during the squirt. <clears throat> so we, th- I'm sure it's just coming from the kidneys, which is where urine would normally come from. But it's a rapid filling of very dilute urine into the bladder. And we don't, yeah, like I said, there, there's. The water's coming from the kidneys, just like your urine does. It's just super dilute. It doesn't have all of the chemicals in it. It's mostly just water. Okay. So again, I'm going to, if I'm hearing that correctly, what I'm hearing is females who stimulate themselves can somehow fill their bladders rapidly. That that stimulation in some females will cause their bladders to fill more rapidly. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. So, oh, you're getting into a good question. I didn't even think of. <laughs> so, part of this, ha, ha, look at you. Part of the sexual response cycle in females does involve the urethra, which is the tube that you pee from. So, in a lot of women, um, the the urethra itself, like when you stimulate the urethra, like while you pee, sometimes women will tell you that while they're peeing, they get a little bit of a sensation of a zhuzh. Like they're like, ooh, if I pee a little harder, it'll kind of you know get me going. Um, that. <laughs> Part of yeah right that part of the sexual functioning cycle seems to be involved with the bladder filling and not filling. So when a woman's aroused, they're more likely to actually have a full bladder than when they're not aroused. Well, I know I have to. So pee. even if you pee right before, yeah, I always have to so pee you after have to sex. Pee during sex. Well, after and during yeah. if it goes long <laughs> enough during sometimes yeah, but so. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I would have to say I don't know enough about the male sexual cycle, which I totally should look into this, to know whether or not males typically fill their bladders while engaging in erotic, sensual play. Uh, but women do. We, we tend to fill our bladders, which is why you can continue to squirt over and over again, even if you haven't had anything to drink. Okay. So then, okay, so it's at least, it's we're calling it a pea hybrid. <laughs> so how do we know this isn't, it's a sexual thing and not, like you, you, you call, I don't know the name you said, but how do we know they're not just accidentally peeing themselves? Like, how do we know it's not that? They're, yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I mean, I would say that uh, there's a lot of people that would say probably they are just peeing themselves, but technically coital incontinence would be leaking throughout the sexual cycle because the urethra doesn't have the appropriate mechanism going on to keep it from leaking. Um, so typically people who have coital incontinence or leaking during sex leak throughout sex and not just in one big gush around the time of orgasm or with appropriate stimulation. So we're pretty sure that they're different. The other thing about squirting versus coital incontinence is that squirt does have PSA in it and coital incontinence does not. Right. And so that's uh, somehow I'm assuming tied to the arousal of it, the buildup before squirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those periurethral glands squirt out a fluid into the urethra as the bladder is emptying that dilute urine hybrid. Okay. So my next question, and this is something we get asked a lot. So, all right, squirting, yeah. I'm, I'm going with squirting's a pea hybrid. I'm going, there, there is pea in there, but it's definitely tied to arousal and there's other stuff too. That's, you know, that you've yes. have said science proves it's not just, pee. not just pea. 
Um, yes, so not just P. Is, is this 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 seems to be a thing that not everybody can do, but from my understanding, most females have the same parts. Or, you know. I think it's like almost like a. I'm, I'll let you answer it, but for me as a female, it almost seems like a learned behavior. Like some women don't realize they can do it, but they actually can. They just, I think we stop it. We, because like I have control over it. Like I, for the most part, sometimes I can't stop it. But you know, like if we're me and you are just having sex in our bed at home, and I can feel like I'm going to squirt, I'm going to stop it because I don't want to sleep and squirt. <laughs> but like if we're at a swinger party. <laughs> And it's not my bed, and we're just having, you know, a lot of fun. There's a, I will let that just happen. So, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think women can do it. I just think learning those, like, what that feeling feels like. Yeah, I guess scientifically, is there is there anything that's stopping some women from doing it? Scientifically, no. I I think all women probably have the capacity to squirt. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I actually really agree with Lacey. I think a lot of it's more psychological. Oh, a hundred percent. If you're not in the situation where you feel super comfortable mm-hmm. and super aroused, maybe not getting the right type of stimulation, it's definitely not going to happen, but you can get all the right stimulation and have that sensation of like, Oh, Oh, I'm going to pee. I'm going to pee. And then you fight it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to leak. Yeah. Yeah. I can. So it. mm-hmm. it's yeah. And the, the sensation of I'm about to squirt and the sensation of I really need to pee are like identical. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, and you can kind of tell when it's going to come. And I, like, like Lacey mm-hmm. said, you can kind of feel it. And it, it's sort of like, okay, I'm just going to kind of like clench up my pelvic floor real quick and kink off my urethra and make sure that I don't squirt all over the place. Cause indeed nobody likes sleeping no, and squirting. No, it's not a fun time. <laughs> we've done it many a time. Oh, it's not that have. bad. It's worth it sometimes. Some, we've you know done I mean? it. We trust us. We've slept <laughs> in many a squirt beds, but we try not to. If we, do you guys, do you not have a squirt blanket? So, no. I don't know why we don't have a squirt Oh, my gosh. We need one. Actually, it's funny because I was thinking about that earlier today. Like, I was telling some of my friends, I'm like, why don't every one of us have one? Like, But what we usually oh, yeah. do is when we go to, like, if we're going to be in a hotel, we usually always get two beds. And so we have, like, a squirt bed and then a non-squirt bed. And we try to keep it that way. But honestly, we there's fail. no reason why we don't have a squirt blanket. Like, we need three, to so, be honest with you. You should, you totally should. Okay, so we have a squirt pad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am not my husband's only partner that squirts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and sometimes it's like, you know, once you get rocking and rolling, oh, I mean, it- I hit like orgasm number three and I can't make it stop. Correct. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, no, you get Google squirt pads. Oh, the I one know. We have is like animal print. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons <laughs> of it them. It keeps the bed clean. And we've used them. We've had friends that have them, but for some reason, we don't ever think about it until we're like squirting. And then we're like, well, we need to order one of those and then we get back home and then forget so we need to do that yeah because i will tell you perfect christmas present dan you got this correct i'm gonna need a sixth (laughs) tote to bring to hotel takeovers now we have have so much shit the blankets in (laughs) thank you for that yeah seriously no but we do need that that's true we absolutely do Mm -hmm. that and this kind of goes back to the you know uh you you saying it's a diluted you know form of pee Mm -hmm. is i i don't notice you know when we do all this stuff i don't Mm -hmm. notice you know, we, we've had people squirt on white sheets before and there, it doesn't look yellow. It doesn't really stink. It does. It uh-huh. seems different to me. Doesn't smell like urine right. and it's typically clear. Yeah. It's because it's very dilute. Mm-hmm. Um, when they did the measurements between normal urine, like the pre void and then the post squirting, um, the, the amount of chemicals that's in that, like the stuff that makes it smell like the urea was infinitesimally smaller than it is in the regular pee. 
Got it. Mm-hmm. Which is why it doesn't smell like pee. Which is why it doesn't smell like pee and why it's clear mm-hmm. on the on the sheets. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, we now know it's a hybrid pee. We scientifically, any woman should be able to to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a tried and true method? Is there a ABC steps to, to squirt? Well, it? as a female, as soon as a guy touches me, I can either know if he knows how to make a girl squirt or not. Does that make sense? Because like some guys either got it or they don't. I mean, it's like a combination. I don't know what you're doing. Well, if it's a combination, though, it's a it's a learnable, right? It's a oh, it's totally learnable. But like some, yeah. yeah, But there's certain guys. Like I don't know how to describe it. You either got it or you don't. I don't know. Some guys just know what they're doing. Other guys can they can make you come and it can it's hot and sexy. But there's just a different feeling when you squirt. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. I I don't know if I would say there's like an ABC. Um, and I, I'm sure some women squirt with different types of sensations, but like the most common way that women are able to squirt is with internal vaginal stimulation. Um, so I know everybody always asks about the G spot. If you want to sound super smart in front of your friends, it's not a spot. It's a zone. <laughs> G zone. So, okay. Yeah. It's called the, yeah. If you're looking in the literature, they call it the G zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Grafenberg, God bless him. Um, So the G-zone is actually this little area that's highly debated in the literature, but most of us agree that it does exist, at least in the sexual functioning world. And it's an area kind of on the top of the vagina, so like the anterior vagina closest to your tummy area. And what most of us think, and especially kind of what I think, is it's the confluence where the urethra actually runs under the backside of the clitoris. Um, And this would now assume that we all know what a 3D clitoris looks like. And I can guarantee we don't all know what a 3D clitoris looks like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the clitoris. I don't know if I could visualize a 3D model of it though. Mm, what do you, what do you think the clitoris is? Where do you think it exists? Cause I can almost guarantee if you've never looked up 3D clitoris and you don't know me, you probably don't know what it looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, I know when I, so when I engage with the clitoris, it's the, it's the kind of the upper, you know, if you're the little man in the canoe, it's the top, the front of the canoe. I love it. You know, that's that's how I've always. So that is the head of the clitoris, which is analogous to the head of the penis. But there's a whole part that's analogous to the shaft of a penis. And that actually goes down and cor- sort of creates like a, a double wishbone underneath the head. And it goes down into the large lips or more into the small lips. Um, so the labia minora and then into that area in between where the opening of the vagina is and the opening of the urethra is that whole area there. Have you ever noticed that swells? Mm-hmm. I have noticed when that. a woman's getting aroused. Yeah. That's the clitoris too. It, that's, that's very so good. I think, you know, what we might- that is the buried part of the clitoris that you can't see. We, we might need you to drop some 3D images into uh, into Discord or, or somewhere so we, <laughs> so can, we can see it. So I will happily can, do uh, so, yeah. We can point people in that direction. If you really want a, a 3D clitoris, you can order those online. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I own four clitorises. Oh. Clitori. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have one in each of my rooms and then my own personal one, of course. So, yeah, no, the 3D clitoris is is a really, it's actually a fairly large organ. And when it's aroused, like when it's engorged, it's almost the same volume as a male penis. So. Wow. Maybe not your male penis, Dan, but (laughs) the general male penis. 
I'm not sure if you have or have not seen my penis, so I don't know how to. I don't know how to. If take she's that on Discord, <laughs> she probably has. <laughs> I'm on Discord. I'm on Discord. I, you know, honestly, I actually don't think I've seen a picture of your cock, okay. but someday it's, it's there. You know, it's, it's there. It's there. It's out, it's out there. It's out there. It's there. Yeah. there. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my cock aside, back to how to squirt. All right, so stimulate the G spot. Yes. All right, so when I when I tell people how to do that, what I tell them is you put. I usually I, I usually say two fingers. Now some females might only be able to handle one, for, but generally I try to insert two fingers, um, and do almost mm-hmm. like a come hither motion, right? So like um, maybe yeah, like a fingertip or two up. in, yeah. and then kind of a come hither, like curl your fingers, and that it almost feels to me like it's like a rougher spot, like that's right, kind of there. Um, and you can kind of, yep, there's a little area where you can feel what you're actually feeling there, that quote unquote rough spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we, that's probably the backside of the urethra because the urethra has to come underneath the clitoris and where the urethra crosses a clitoris, there's a little bit of a, an area where it, it feels sort of rough because you can actually feel the clitoris or excuse me, the urethra through the vaginal wall. So yeah, and it's, it's usually about one third the depth into the vagina. So the average female vagina is approximately 10 centimeters sorry for Americans. That's like, I don't know, four and a half to five inches, something like that. Um, but the, the G zone is about three to three and a half centimeters in there. And it's, it's actually part of how the the vagina forms. So yeah, so it's going to be probably, you know, unless you've got really huge hands, gentlemen, it's going to be just shy of your second knuckle yes. on that's how, your pointer finger. That's exactly how it yeah. is. And so if you get yeah, two fingers is typically easier because you actually have to stroke it pretty aggressively, which um, what you're actually stroking is the urethra and where the urethra crosses the clitoris is where that sexual functioning part of the urethra is located. So yeah, it's kind of like this little zone, a, a come hither motion fairly rapidly mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit firmer than you would typically finger somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so fairly firm, fairly rapid. It will give almost anybody, all females, even if they're not aroused, the sensation of needing to pee. Mm-hmm. And then really it's up to the gal to relax enough to let it happen. Yeah. So what what I've noticed is for Lacey and then several of the w- other women I've got to do this is do what you're saying. Do that come hither motion rapidly you, with some force. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, rely on her feedback on that to what that force should be. Um, and like you said, it does get engorged and kind of aroused and you can, you know, feel it like and do that um and then when they're it seems to me like when they're about to orgasm i usually try to pull my fingers out and then just work their clit and that seems to be because it's almost i know with like lacy and some several of the other females it's like they can't do it with my fingers in them you know what i mean like that, that's almost like preventing them from doing it or i don't know if maybe if by touching that spot you're like if you're saying that you're the um, urinal tract is right there somewhere maybe you're pinching it off or something so like it seems to me that rapid pull your fingers out hit their clit, that's usually what the, the trigger mechanism is to get the, them to squirt, For in my experience. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I, I think it's probably more like a hyper-stimulation kind of sensation. So with your nipples, and men will attest to this too if they like their nipples played with, there's a point at which it stops being fun and starts being too much. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's probably the same type of situation in a lot of women's vaginas. Like, okay, that feels really good. I know what you're doing. I know what's going to come. But if you don't stop, it's going to start being not fun anymore. So <clears throat> I actually squirt better with penetration. So like penis, fingers, doesn't matter, toys, anything. I, I, 
I can squirt without penetration and I can actually squirt without anything ever having stimulated my vagina or clitoris, oddly enough. Um, <clears throat> so you don't necessarily always squirt just with orgasm. Yeah, Lacey said she can squirt from watching me make other girls squirt. I don't know if she's ever done no, it. No, I oh. said, okay, so I think that this is totally off subject, but <laughs> I think that I can, like, once I start come, I come really, really easy. So, like, once I've came, like, several times, if I'm just sitting there and, like, watching Dan with someone else, I can almost, like, I, I feel like I'm coming even though no one is touching me. Like, it's almost like mm-hmm. me, my, like, visually, I'm so turned on that I can come and squirt without even being touched by watching that yep. is yep, absolutely a joke um, and say I'm a psychic comer. I, I'm like, it's like I can feel it's you're a reflex orgasmer. Yeah, it's like it's like, but I have to get. It's not like if we haven't had sex or I hadn't been played with, and that starts happening, I that won't happen. But if I'm like hyperly turned on and super sexual, and then you know everybody around me is playing and the women are coming, it's like almost like I can feed off their energies. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you prime the pump and you don't have to do as much effort yeah. to get things going. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've I've got one super sensitive nipple and I've been known to orgasm and squirt just with nipple stimulation. Wow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but that was actually one of the questions that came up in Discord was whether or not you could squirt without orgasming. Um I, I would say from personal experience, yes, but I don't have any scientific data to support that. Yeah. Um again, if you start looking up squirting in the medical literature, there's not just a ton of literature articles on this. There should be because it's such an interesting topic, but it's maybe somewhat difficult to study and somewhat taboo to study. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say. There's oodles and oodles of literatures on males coming in case anybody yeah, wants to Yeah, I was to about know. to but say. Shit tons. That's so crazy that we know everything you could possibly know about a male coming, um, but then women, it, there's just not a lot of information. That's kind of crazy, but not surprising. I can totally blow your mind in even a worse direction. Okay, so the entire anatomy of the male penis has been known since like the 16, 1700s. Mm-hmm. We figured out the entire 3D model of a clitoris like 12 years ago. Not surprising. <laughs> yeah. I'll be, yeah. I'll be a subject. So it was an Australian researcher, a female, of course. Um, yeah, you'll be a subject. They can study me. <laughs> of course, I would like to be one too. We have a friend. Well, I mean, I think it, des- I think it deserves some study because, yeah. you know, one of my big bugaboos here, it's like – there is only one organ in the entire human anatomy that's only purpose is for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's the clitoris. That's it. Males, their penises do other shit. Mm-hmm. Our clitorises are only for pleasure. Yeah. Makes sense. And we know very little about it. Mm-hmm. We have a friend who can squirt. Um, we'll give her a shout out. Her name Her name is Southern Puddles. That's what everyone calls her, Southern Puddles. And she can squirt clear across the room. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? See, I don't do that. I, I squirt, but it's, I mean, like, she gets some air on hers. <laughs> like, why does she do that compared to, like, me who doesn't? You know, I mean, like, I squirt and I can squirt a lot, but it's not a stream like that. Is that just different women, different thing? You know, I don't know how you describe that. Yeah, it may be different women, different things. I think it's probably also the amount of stimulation that's happening. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, you know, as Dan was saying with you, kind of he has to come out and then get the clitoris before you'll squirt. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people that are squirting across the room, it's it's during the penetrative part. Like they get mm-hmm. to that hyper stimulation and it's actually pleasurable. Yeah. 
So I, <clears throat> I have been known to hit walls when I squirt. Yeah. And it's only happened a couple of times, but when it has happened, it's been with a serious fingering on somebody who knew what they were doing. Yeah. And I also know that, like, we have several friends that squirt, and they're almost dehydrated the next day. Like, we've had one friend mm-hmm. had to go to, like, an, an an IV bar and get, you know, because she just felt so weak the next day. So I was just curious. I guess that kind of goes back to, like, you're just emptying your body. And then add that on top of having some drinks. You're probably already hydrated. Yeah, that would be another thing. I mean, like if a, if a gal's really wanting to try this and they're like, gung-ho, I'm going to figure out how to squirt, you got to hyperhydrate. Because mm-hmm. if you don't and you're already nervous on top of not having enough fluid in your bladder, it's just probably not going to happen. Um, and, and agreed, you don't want to get dehydrated while doing this. So if you already know you're a squirter, lots of water before you start drinking the alcohol. Yeah. So, because you, you really will feel kind of crappy. That that fluid's coming from somewhere and it's, it's depleting the resources elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think with that, what we'll do is we'll take a little break uh, and hear from our sponsors. And then when we get back, I want to go over, I think we talked about how the male can stimulate the female uh, to make this happen. I think we want to get a little bit into um, what the female, you know, should be doing on her side if, if this is something she wants to do. Um, and then we'll, we'll go over a few more things and then we'll see uh, what else you got to tell. Um, so I think with that, we'll take a little break and we'll be right back, guys. We here at the Swing Nation podcast are proud to partner with Promescent. Listen, guys, we've all been there. You're having a hot night with a hot chick, maybe a few hot chicks, but you need to kind of delay the time before you pull that trigger. That's where Promescent comes in. They have this awesome product called the Delay Spray. You literally spray it on and it delays the time that you orgasm so you can make sure that your partner is well taken care of. And as swingers, we're all about making sure our partners are well taken care of. And Promescent Delay Spray is the perfect product for that. Click the link in the show notes below to get yours today. Anxiety can cause ED. Like the kind you get while watching your partner with someone else. You're having the time of your life, yet are having stage fright. Most men in the lifestyle use prescription ED medication for this reason. Shameless Care should be your provider. Shameless is less expensive than other companies and has a 50-state network of physicians who are lifestyle-friendly. Use coupon code TSN for $30 off. Shamelesscare.com. The Swing Nation podcast is proud to announce an official partnership with SDC.com. SDC stands for Seek, Discover, Connect. And with over 3 million members in over 50 countries, it's the world's largest lifestyle community and a great place to link up with open-minded couples, singles, and kinksters from around the globe. Whether you're just starting your lifestyle journey or you're an old pro, SDC has something to offer you. With chat rooms, live cams, groups, and blogs, there's always naughty fun to be found. SDC.com also has expert advice, professional articles, and entertaining content to enhance your erotic lifestyle journey. With information about parties, events, clubs, and businesses, SDC is so much more than just a hookup site for swingers. It's truly an epicenter that can keep you plugged into the pulse of the lifestyle community in your area. We personally love the website's ease of use and amazing customer support. They have supported us in our podcast and giving generous donations to our charity fundraising efforts. 
So if you're looking to connect with like-minded people, click the link in our show notes and sign up for SDC using our affiliate link and receive a full access for 14 days completely free. Make sure you join the Swing Nation SDC group and send us a message. All right, guys, and welcome back. Appreciate you uh, sticking around and listening to our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we talked about what the male should be doing in the parts of the, the female body he should be uh, stimulating, or I guess gender neutral, whoever whoever is the one trying to make the, the female uh, squirt. Yes, because girls can make girls squirt. Yeah, I, it's very hot when that Amen. happens. Uh, <laughs> but what should... Um, I guess the squirt, the squirty, be doing. Relax. I know I'm not the doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not the doctor no, here. She's all on this. <laughs> so the, yeah, there's a couple of different things. Number one, they should be hydrated. We talked about that uh, before the break. But yeah, it, relaxation is a big one. Um, if you've got somebody who knows what they're doing, like you're with Scuba Steve or with Dan, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know that they're hitting the right spots, and you're still not getting there, it's probably because you aren't relaxing. Um, kind of just getting out of your head, not being worried about whether it's pee or not. Now that you know it definitively is not pee, um, being able to relax and allow for it to happen is, is one big thing. The second big thing is something called a reverse Valsalva maneuver. So if you've ever done a Valsalva maneuver and you know what that is, they're also known as Kegels. Mm -hmm. So you want to do a reverse of that. So, um, a Kegel is when you're tensing up your pelvic floor. So, is so reverse it Kegel or reverse like Lassel. pushing in a way? Yes. Okay. So it is it is pushing to some extent. So when you do a Kegel, um, and if you don't know what a Kegel is, you've never done one, um, shame on your gynecologist for never <laughs> teaching you how to do that. But if you sit on a toilet while you're peeing and you stop your stream, that is doing a Kegel. Now, I wouldn't recommend that you practice that way because that will eventually lead to dysfunctional voiding. But if you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, when I stop my stream, that's the muscle that I'm contracting, then you can do Kegels outside of that. Doing Kegels helps increase the tension of the pelvic floor, which helps you not leak when you don't want to. But when that muscle is nice and tight and doing what it's supposed to do and you cough and sneeze, you don't leak. But when you come, if you can't relax, you won't leak either. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're wanting to squirt, it's not going to come out. So instead of doing a Kegel, you do a reverse Kegel or a, like reverse Valsalva maneuver. Valsalva maneuver is the same idea where you increase abdominal pressure and contract your pelvic floor at the same time. But it's sort of like the sensation of you sit down and go to pee and you relax the pelvic floor. Or if you're not able to like relax in that sort of setting, imagine you're trying to poop. Because it's the same muscle that you relax. That muscle surrounds the rectum and it surrounds the urethra as well as the vagina. So you actually kind of have to push into it. Yeah. 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 For me, it totally does. I don't know about Dan, but yeah, you're right. It is very much. (laughs) It's like a not stopping, but also pushing feeling if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and that's like, you know, when we've coached a few girls now through this, it's like the two things you hit on were the absolutely the most important thing one relaxing because if you can't mm-hmm. if you're clenching there's just nothing like that guy can be rocking hitting happen. every button yeah. in all the right ways and it's just if you're if you're fighting it and you're clenching down on it it's just not going to happen and then secondly to that is yeah that almost like push or bear, bear down on you know like yeah. release bear down. In, bear down push mm-hmm. whatever you know uh however you want to describe that but uh yeah letting go uh so to speak so that that it can happen and i, I don't mean obviously i'm not a female so i've never i've never done this but uh 
it, it seems like that's once they've once you can kind of get that figured out because every time we've we've got somebody to do it it's like like, it's like once they start switch, yeah and then it's like some of them are like i can't not do it now yeah. like it's like it's it's it happens every time now that mm-hmm. that i figured out what what happens well and i guess my yeah. next and I, I go ahead sorry go ahead Okay. I was about to say, I think one of the reasons that it continues happening after that is because there's not a lot of data on this, but just, you know, having known a lot of people that squirt, um, the squirting tends to make the orgasm last a little bit longer and maybe a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's probably a positive feedback there. Like your brain's like, oh, oh, that felt even better than usual. Maybe we should do that every time. Yeah. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. And I've heard, you know, people that have never squirted before and then do it. Some of them have told me that it's like I almost feel like I've never had an orgasm before. Now that I've learned how to do this, like I like I've almost like I was like you kind of said. They told me they they felt like they were cutting their orgasm short. Yep, absolutely. You almost have to give in to the orgasm and let it just let it float. Yeah, and if you squirt with it, it tends to make it a lot more intense. And I think it's partially because that fluid passing rapidly through the urethra is hyper stimulating the clitoris from the other side, the side that you can't see. I think that's good. <laughs> I have a question. Oh, yeah, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> I think it's great is really what it is. Well, I think we should also talk about what happens. Okay, because in the lifestyle, what happens if your husband can't make you squirt? I think that's important to talk about because a lot of women can't just, like, for instance, I don't just typically squirt at the house, like, when we're having just, like, regular sex. It takes me, I mean, I can, but it takes me being in this, like, hyper-sexual, sexual, like, atmosphere to really squirt. So, I, I worry about the women who really want to do this, but their husbands are really, really trying at home, and it's just not happening. I think that's something to to talk on dan what do you think it's from like a male perspective no no i, I agree with what you're saying yeah it, it seems like there you know it's almost there are a lot of women that are interested in this and in, from you know hearing you guys talk mm-hmm. about it's an extended orgasm and there's lots of pleasure in it you know it makes sense that if they've kind of heard this before that it's something that they're seeking and, and want to do and i think also from the male's perspective we almost like celebrate this yeah and i think you know for me it's like because it's a positive feedback, right? Like, yeah. like if I see you squirt, it's like I know I'm making her feel good because I'm getting a, an actual physical reaction that is almost like telling me I did a good job, yeah. right? Like, I'm it's positive feedback for me. Um, but yeah, I think you know we've we've we get this question a lot that you know, well, having sex in clubs and orgies and all that, like, what if that's better? And what if it's you know your wife likes that it's more different. and they never want to you know like if they have good sex with somebody else, does that mean they're going to leave you? And I, I think you know we kind of compare it to like that's 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 the Super Bowl. That's the you know what I mean like <laughs> it's okay that normal Wednesday sex isn't the same as an orgy with ten people at a swingers club. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's a whole different level of stimuli that that you don't get at home with normal sex. And that's probably a lot of why we participate in this lifestyle, mm-hmm. because we we're seeking that we enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison to say, like, oh, if I if I can't, you know, if I don't get the same exact level of enjoyment, or if I enjoy it too much, at, you know, at these clubs with other people, that must mean my significant other isn't pleasing me enough at home or something like that. I don't think that's. To me, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I understand that. But a lot of yeah. times what we feel, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was about to say, I think there's a big line to be drawn between what you appreciate on a physical level and what you appreciate on an emotional level. So, you know, I make love to my husband. Mm-hmm. I fuck other people. Yeah. 
So, and it's not that I don't enjoy them and that we sometimes, you know, have great relationships. You know, I've never been in a full on poly situation, but I've had partners that I've had feelings for and we've had feelings back the whole, the whole shebang. But there is a difference between I'm, you know, being hypersexual right now and enjoying my sexuality and just like letting loose and what you guys were calling Wednesday night sex, which yeah. is the bonding with my husband, yeah. and the emotional attachment that happens with that. So I, I think, yeah, drawing a line there to be like that again, as Dan was saying, this is one of the reasons we do this. This is one of the reasons we like the lifestyle is because it allows you to be in that hypersexual state without any fear of reprisal or, or stigma or whatever. Right. And, and it sounds to me like, it sounds to me like if you can't squirt at home, but maybe you can with other people at a club or or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it might just be that you're hyper stimulated yeah. in that situation, and that's what pushes you over that line to be able to do. No, that. I totally agree. And, with and that. I don't think there's any shame for anybody in that. I don't think. To me, for me, I love being yeah. naughty. I love being. I love doing things that I'm not supposed to do. Like in parentheses or quotations, whatever you call it. But like, so to me, being at a swingers club and doing those things like makes me squirt more makes me do these things more because i know that i'm doing the naughty thing right yeah right i also think you know one of the points you made earlier Lacey, about sometimes needing a couple of drinks in mm-hmm. don't normally have a couple of drinks before wednesday night correct sex yeah correct and you know like we've played with couples and the wife has never squirted but as soon as like the husband starts playing with me he could totally make her squirt and i would say nine times out of ten if a cu- like if the couple, like if she can't squirt, it's usually mental for her because the husband has all the mm-hmm. abilities to do it. She just doesn't understand how to do it and doesn't know how to turn off her mind and just enjoy herself. So, I d- you know, I think that's important that women realize it or in men, too. I think it's important, like if your wife is not squirting, that it's probably like you said, like all those years of being taught that we shouldn't be these sexual beings and we had, and then all of a sudden we grow up and we can do whatever we want. It's hard to turn that switch off or switch, turn it back on. Mm-hmm. I think there's also something to be said for having communication between the squirter and the squirtee, <laughs> um, the, the person who's making the squirting happen and the person who's doing the squirting and making sure that they're communicating with each other. Because if a woman's like, yeah, I really want to squirt. And the husband's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And they do all of the right things. And the woman's like, I don't know why this isn't happening. Right. And then somebody who's like totally a stranger is like, hey, let me try and make you squirt. And she's like, holy fuck, here it is. Mm-hmm. It, the communication with the husband could be, hey, look, it's not because you weren't doing the right stuff because he literally just did exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was just because it felt more naughty because it wasn't you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I was more hyper stimulated because we were at a club or, you know, it's I think a lot of times the communication there could be a thing. And also, you know, like Lacey, you're saying sometimes you know, if you know that the guy knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. <clears throat> being a squirter, I, I think it could also be to our benefit to help teach men who are wanting to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, I have had a couple guys who are like, okay, you know how to squirt and you're a doctor. So help me out with this. Oh, and, you know, yeah. I'm like, all right, put your fingers in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, no, a little further down. Do you feel that little spot? They're like, oh my God, there it is. It is kind of rough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they all of a sudden, like a light goes on. And I'm like, okay, now this is the motion that you do. And you show them to come, kind of come hither and you do it really fast and it, kind of teaching them like, okay, this is the right spot. This is you know, the right movement you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, honestly, like when I'm teaching somebody, it's not like I'm going to squirt because I'm thinking about whether they're doing it right, which is not what you should be thinking about when you're trying to squirt. Mm -hmm. But I can tell them, okay, yeah, you're making all of the right movements. You're hitting the right spots. Now go try it on, you know, Jane Doe down the street. Yeah. 
No, yeah. And that's we've done it with, you know, a few people now. And usually it's like we have the husband right there or a lot yeah. of times he he is participating or helping mm-hmm. and or it's maybe kind of a group effort. Co- coaching him <laughs> through it. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, to me, I, I don't know. That's one of the things, you know, we call a lot of people don't like the word play, you know, when it comes to the lifestyle. They don't I don't know. They think it's a juvenile term or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, but I do like it because it's like that's what you're doing is you're you're exploring, you're playing, you're figuring out what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And it doesn't have to be this awkward, weird like when you're just relaxed and joking and having fun, but then can kind of like touch each other and make each other feel good and talk through that and, you know, explore that with a group of people or, you know, you know, that to me, that's just fun. Like, it's just a good mm-hmm. time and you don't have all this weird awkwardness about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, honestly, it's much easier to be in a group of, you know, eight or 10 people that you're all friends with and be like, hey, I would really like to try such and such. Mm-hmm. And if it's not something that your partner's comfortable with, somebody else may be willing to do it. Yeah. You know, like I, I like being submissive in sexual situations on occasion. And my husband will not dom me to save his <laughs> life. He, it's just not part of his personality. Yeah. My husband is the sweetest, most thoughtful, most caring kind of guy and wouldn't hit me even if I asked him to and told him I was enjoying it. Um, so like, you know, I can get him to spank me a little bit, but the idea of doing anything else is just a complete turnoff for him. And so a lot of the times when we go to the parties, I know who the doms are and I'm like, Hey, grab out your paddle. <laughs> so it's kind of nice in those type of situations to be able to explore. Like I didn't know I liked to be submissive until I had the opportunity to be submissive. And then I figured out that I enjoyed that. No comment. Dan wants to spank you. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to have to hang out at the same spot sometime, guys. Uh, all right. Yeah. Moving on. I even have my favorite paddle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what were we talking about? Squirting. I'm all. I don't know. Squirting. Uh. Yeah. What were you talking about? Like playing and whether or not playing was like an okay term. I love the term play because I mean, that's what you tell children to do. You're like, go play with your friends, you know, which is really go explore and have some fun and, you know, get outside. And I think the idea of adults playing seems juvenile, but I I agree. I like, I think we still play. I mean, like when I go out on a hike and I, you know, get down on my hands and knees and start digging through the dirt with my kids, I'm playing. Right. And I, I think that that's a completely appropriate term to be using with adults in a lifestyle when a lot of people are really experimenting for the first time with stuff that they've always wanted to do. Some people just need to relax. Like it's it's okay. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I think we I think we worry way too much about terms and if we're saying the right thing is is that offensive? Is that okay? You know, it's like we're just having fun. Yeah. Right? We call it whatever we want to call it, but we're just having fun with our friends. Uh, okay, so the last question I have to you, and we we touched on this a little bit. Um, Dealing with the, the the mess, the liquid. Are there any health concerns? Are there what are the best? We not we talked oh, a little bit about blankets. I have a question. Okay, can I add to that? Can yeah. I? Mm-hmm. Can so as a female, I feel like when we when I am squirting more, I feel like I tend to get UTIs more. Mm-hmm. Is there a correlation between the two? Do you feel? I wouldn't say a correlation that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think more likely to get a UTI after squirting would be more likely to be related to the dehydration that follows. Gotcha. Um, we know being dehydrated increases your risk because there's more bacteria floating around mm-hmm. and also more of those chemicals. Those chemicals make a really good medium for bacteria from other places in your vulvar region to uh, grow. Mm-hmm. So stuff like you know, E. coli is really the classic UTI, and that comes from the rectal region. 
Hence the reason you're supposed to pee after you have sex because the penis pushes bacteria up into the urethra. Mm -hmm. So after squirting a bunch, if you get dehydrated, you have a better culture medium in your bladder. And if some bacteria crawls up in there, it's got a nice cozy place to grow. So I wouldn't think it's specifically the squirting itself that's the Mm -hmm. problem or the dehydration that's that's the problem in that type of situation. Okay, perfect. Okay, sorry. I just thought of that. That was like my own personal question. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, no, 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 no. That's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> but no, I. So as far as like, are there any like medical concerns about cleaning up uh, squirt? No, not that I know of. Um, I, I don't believe that there's any data on whether squirt could potentially contain stuff like gonorrhea or chlamydia. I have no clue. I would suspect not. Um, gonorrhea and chlamydia both are um, obligate to a human cell to live in. So it has to be passed from cell to cell. And you, I don't think urine would be able to pass any of those. Um, trichomonas maybe, but I think it's highly unlikely. Uh, you can see trichomonas, gonorrhea and chlamydia in urine, but I don't think you can catch it from urine. Again, don't quote me on that. Not any data that I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, I would say, honestly, there's probably not much to the cleanup really other than, <clears throat> you know, having a squirt pad because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so much less messy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> You can damage your uh, your mattresses with a lot of squirt. <laughs> you don't want to get a bunch of fluid into your mattress. Uh, mattresses already are, are dirty at baseline. There's billions and billions of bugs in your mattress, so oh geez. you don't want to don't want to give them extra. Yeah, do you, do you want to get into exactly how gross mattresses are? Let's not do that. No, let's not. Because nobody's ever going to get into a mattress again. Nope. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's always a good idea not to have moisture inside of your mattress. So basically, we need to relax. We need to have a few drinks and we need to buy a squirt blanket. That's what we've learned. Here. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we've learned today. <laughs> yes. That's all that we, and, and hydrate. Hydrate. hydrate yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that, that cover, I think we, we covered squirting <coughs> about as, as much as you can cover squirting. Now, I know you do have a few questions that people asked you from the discord and I want to get to that. Uh, but I have one question before we, we get into that. And you know, we have about, yeah. 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes left. So, uh, but I've noticed we're in a lot of lifestyle Facebook groups. Um, and there's a lot of only fans creators that are also parts of those groups. And there's all these rumors, rumors swirling around the internet about some kind of STD, STI outbreak that's affecting, um, the porn community or the only fans community. Are you tracking this? Do you know what that is? Do you have any insights to that? Or is this news to you? Totally news to me. I, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, outbreaks happen fairly often. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I don't do just a ton of social media. Discord is like the only thing I'm actually following right now because <laughs> I, I think I said this last time, social media and my mental health don't really like each other very much. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, there's one thing that's been kind of popping up really recently, just in general, that's drastic increase in, in numbers uh, in the state of Texas, I know for sure, uh, which is syphilis. So but let me let me look this up really quick. Oh, STI epidemic has worsened in the porn industry, <laughs> and operations are ceasing. Yes, this is legit a thing. Yeah, yeah. we've had quite a um, few people yeah, no. like message or share it, and yeah, so it's a thing. And I, and I think you know people get confused because they they start seeing stuff like that and they think you know oh there's a huge STI outbreak in the swinger community, and I think the porn community is a little different because a lot of porn stars don't use protection, protection. Don't but use but they also do yeah. have a very regimented testing regime but obviously if you know those people are getting tested i think most of them is like once a month and some of them it's like every two weeks um so you know obviously they're quick to catch that stuff as well um but i was just curious if like what exactly as what those std if you knew what stds or stis they were catching and 
you know, if we're using condoms, is that something we don't really have to worry about or, or, or kind of what the yeah, your thoughts I were mean, on that? So the, the most common STIs that are passed around from people who aren't using condoms are gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. Syphilis, again, has been at low rates for a long time up until about three, four, five years ago. It started kind of getting a resurgence. Um, all of those are, by the way, really easy to treat, syphilis included. But syphilis sometimes kind of flies under the radar because if you aren't paying attention to the initial symptoms, you might just think you have the flu and then all of a sudden you've got secondary syphilis. It's still easy to treat, but it can cause a lot more trouble. Um, at this point, I, I, I'm looking to see. I can't find any specifics on which STDs they were, but that would be my guess, would be gonorrhea and chlamydia and, and probably after that syphilis. Okay. So no real other so, same things. All we, those are all protected for with condoms. Right. And we talked and yeah. they, they can go back and listen to our last episode <laughs> to get more in depth on, exactly. on that stuff. All right. What questions did you get from the discord uh, over the last couple of weeks? Okay. So I've gotten, I've gotten a couple, um, just, just a handful. So not given any names or detailed information out. One of them was about the squirting and whether or not you could squirt, even if you weren't orgasming. And I, I believe the answer to that is yes. Although there's not a lot of like, medical literature to support that. One of the other ones that I thought was a really good question that I actually get a lot in my office and had never really thought to like put it out to the general populace. Most um, women, when they have uh, surgery inside of their vagina, um, typically hysterectomy would be the most common one of those, are told not to put anything in their vagina for a while. And one of the guys actually said his wife had just had a hysterectomy and wanted to know if it was just penetration or if they couldn't do any stimulation either. So the reason we tell you not to put things inside your vagina after having a hysterectomy is because the top of the vagina has stitches in it. The vagina is a moist location with a lot of bacteria in it, and you don't want to be swirling that bacteria around and pushing it up into the stitches. So it's an infection risk. You don't want to be pushing bacteria from the outside up on the inside. The other thing that you worry about with the stitches at the top of the vagina is whether or not they may give with excess pressure because as the tissue is healing, it's not as strong as when it's completely healed. And it's definitely not as strong as it was before the hysterectomy. So those are the reasons that we tell you not to put things in your vagina, but that does not preclude orgasm. So stimulation externally, as long as you're not putting anything up inside the vagina at the same time. So like, don't even get your tongue up in there. <laughs> but if you're wanting to do like oral stimulation, manual stimulation, or any type of like clitoral vibrators, as long as the orgasm isn't uncomfortable to have, it's not dangerous to do. Yeah. So now I would always say being the doctor here, talking to a whole sea of people that I don't know, always ask your doctor if they have a different opinion, but there is no preclusion to orgasm after hysterectomy as long as it's not uncomfortable to have. So that was a really good question. Would that apply to somebody um, that had a baby as well? That would be the same? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Yeah, you want the cervix to heal up. Um, you also want – after a baby, there's also some other things going on, like all of the loose – the ligaments are loose and you're more likely to um, you know, have injury to the pelvic region shortly after having a baby. Um, but yeah, it's the same idea. You just don't, it's totally fine to do external stimulation and have orgasm. It's just no penetration. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. The only, yeah. The only other thing that I can think of right now, there was several other questions. The only one there, one that's popping into my head right now, um, was a gal who was asking about the color of her vulva. So, um, you know, she's said it was darker than she would like for it to be and was interested if there's anything safe to do to reduce the, coloring of her vagina or her vulva. Um, th there are all sorts of things over the counter that you can use to 
like whiten your vulva. Um, I think they're all bunk and I think they're dangerous. <laughs> so I give a quick rundown. Um, vulvas are different colors. Everybody's vulva is a little bit different. And I think wanting your vulva to be lighter is kind of like wanting to uh, make black people white. It's, it's offensive. Um, your vulva was made that way and you should like it. Um, the other, beyond just being, you know, somewhat offensive, but the fact is most of the things that you would use to whiten the vulva are actually fairly caustic chemicals and they can cause chronic pain issues. And then you'll end up in my office with a chronic pain problem that's going to be difficult to fix. So chemically induced vulvitis is not fun, nor is it easy to treat. So I would say love your vulva just as it is. It was the one that was given to you. If you ever think that the color, um, is changing or there's like a darker patch or something like that, that would be something to bring up to your gynecologist because it is not unheard of to get skin cancer on the vulva. We know it's not exposed to the sun very often, except for us, you know, fun swinger people, <laughs> but you can, yeah, I've actually, I've seen a couple of skin cancers, including a melanoma on the vulva. Wow. So if there's like a, a, yeah, a dark mass or like a lump or a bump that looks like a different shade, or you have areas that are white patches, those would all be good reasons to ask your gynecologist about changing colors on your vulva. But if you are just wanting to lighten your vulvar skin, no need to, and probably not a good idea. So I have a question, just uh, like piggyback off that. Yeah. What about bleaching your butthole it's I, like i was literally thinking the same like, question i like kind of that laughing to me just, seems more common in the lifestyle yeah, it does or just seem, people i never general, really yeah. heard of a lot of people doing it but it definitely is common in the lifestyle and i noticed um not long ago we were at i didn't even know where you bought that stuff i've never done it personally but we were at a sex shop and they were selling stuff like in a little jar by the cash register and i can remember thinking i don't know if that's safe if i want to buy something in a jar by cash register to put it in my butthole I don't know. That just seems kind of scary. So I guess that's my my piggyback yeah. to that. I, I would say same idea on that end. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of anal bleaching things. Um, it's probably a little less dangerous to be bleaching your rectum mm -hmm. uh, because you're much less likely to accidentally get some up inside unless you force it up in there. Whereas on the vulvar region, it's going to get in your vagina whether you want it to or not. Um, but whether or not it's actually like a great idea, probably not. Most of those things are are more likely to be caustic chemicals. So just so. love your butthole as it is. And your vagina. Love your vulva and <laughs> butthole and your vagina, just how they are. <laughs> exactly. And I, I have a very good friend, Jennifer Gunter, and she basically says he should be, or she should be excited to be able to be down there in the first place. And if they don't like it, fuck off. Yeah, right? I agree. So I agree. Don't be self-conscious. Your vulva is beautiful. Your butthole is beautiful. <laughs> just how it is. I love it. <laughs> no, I agree. And that's, you know. Yeah. One of the things about the Discord is, you know, people are sharing more and more and mm -hmm. more. And I think, you know, that whole body, you know, I've seen several people that are been like, man, it feels good to share pictures and get all these compliments and people like celebrating oh, my God, body. Yeah. I never thought anybody would do that. You know, so I think that's mm -hmm. having an environment like that where people can be sex positive and, 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 and get good safely, feedback yeah. um, on their pictures and stuff. I think mm -hmm. it's good. It's good yeah. to have that. Yeah, that actually reminds me of one other thing that one one person said, because it, talking about feedback about yourself, um, I think we are typically more likely to be really hard on ourselves than other people to be hard on us. Mm -hmm. Like when a guy is giving you oral sex, the last thing he's thinking of is, oh my God, her vulva is a little darker yeah. than the last gal. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not thinking that. Um, and one of the things that I was actually asked was whether or not porn was good for uh, people and like for men specifically, mm -hmm. um, you know, because... 
And it like, I, I was trying to like get into the nitty gritty because it was a woman who was asking and I was like, is it bad for men at like a certain age? Or are we talking men for a certain reason? And it, it kind of boiled down to like, she was <clears throat> thinking that men, when they were comparing themselves to porn um, actors were like, okay, I, my penis is obviously smaller than that. And heaven forbid, if the woman doesn't like it. Um, and I, I think that is just another, you know, symptom of us being so much harder on ourselves than on other people. I mean, if you're, if your penis is a little on the smaller side and somebody still wants to play with it, they're not thinking about how little it is. Yeah. And if your penis is really huge, I don't want a baseball bat in my vagina. No offense. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for those guys. They're, well, they're never going to get to fully penetrate somebody. Yeah. You know? Lacey's had butt sex with other people besides me more than me because for that very reason. <laughs> so your penis there is definitely too big are for butt benefits sex. to different sizes. Oh, your I agree. Your penis is too yep, big there for are, butt there sex. Are, <laughs> Exactly. There's benefits to both directions, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think it's, you know, I think people are definitely more hard on themselves and more self-conscious of things that they probably don't need to be than, than is really warranted. Cause you know, if I'm given oral to some lovely lady, I am not thinking about the size, shape or color of her vulvas. And I see them all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Agreed. All right. Well, I think that is, ep- it was an excellent episode. I appreciate all of your, your vast knowledge on, on squirting. Um, and we'll have to we'll have to come up with another fun episode. Yeah. For, so uh, if people want to ask her a question, where do they go? Yes. So we can answer it here. Yeah, sure. So um, I know that some people have been asking just like direct messaging me through Discord. Um, I have my own little like chat room. I guess it's Doctor Stower. So um, feel free to throw a question into there. I'll probably answer it for you there, and then I'll pull it onto the um, onto the podcast if it's a really good one. If you come up with like a really fantastic question that I'm like, oh my gosh, we could make a whole episode on that, then you know, good for you, and we'll we'll tackle it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can ask me in there. I think some um, Destiny also had maybe put up some um, you know like prompts that if people wanted to message through that instead of messaging me directly, you can go that route as well. Um, I would say the one that I got about whether or not you could squirt without orgasming, that one was a chat that came up in one of the other rooms and somebody just like pinged me to it. Awesome. Um, And was like, hey, can you, yeah, can you tag in on this? And so I kind of read through it and, you know, gave a very brief answer there. And I was like, I'm just going to tackle this when we're talking about squirting already on the podcast. So, um, yeah, if you see something that you think could use my input or that I might be interested in kind of giving the scientific part on. Yeah. Just shoot me a message and, and I'll take a look. Okay. And then for people not in discord, you have a website up now, right? The one you I almost do. just closed last time. Is that- <laughs> I did. You've got the URL. So I've got a website now. It's, I have the URL and we actually have a website that's like you can go to. Um, it doesn't have just a ton of information and stuff in there yet, but it's got some links to some podcasts I've done and some um, blogs and some of my YouTube videos, the good ones that have to do with lifestyle. Um, so that is swingingsafe.com. Awesome. Swingingsafe.com. Awesome. Yeah. And I, you know what? We actually, I may have my husband add a little area in there where you can, you know, ask the professional and we'll throw it onto, onto a podcast. Awesome. Yeah. I like that idea. And do, yeah, I'm assuming you have an email or something maybe. Do you give out an email there as well? Uh, you, I, I don't know if my husband put an email link on there. Okay. If he didn't, we'll get that too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And you can all always email dswingnation at gmail.com if you have a question for Dr. Store and we will, we will relay it to her. Um, until she gets all those features up and running. And we, we appreciate uh, you being here, having having our own uh, kind of in-house doctor to ask all these questions through has been very beneficial over the last, um, what, it's been what, over a month now, a couple, a month and a half. Yeah. So we've, yeah. we've been, uh, had you. So uh, appreciate you coming on the show again. And uh, we look forward to the next conversation. 
Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. I think with that, in a world full of apples. Be the pineapple. Be the pineapple, guys. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed our podcast and want to support us, leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you want to see more of our content, you can find links to Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, and more in the show notes. Come join the conversation with us and other Swinger content creators on our Swinger Society Discord server. If you have questions or feedback, email them to us at theswingnation at gmail.com. Make sure you head on over to theswingnation.net and keep up to date on all things Swing Nation. We thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.